Happy International Break All. Welcome to this week's Red Voices. Cheers for stopping by. It hasn't been the most fun fortnight since United beat PSG with uh, defeats to Arsenal in the league and Wolves in the FA Cup to dissect alongside a host of injuries and the prospect of facing Barcelona next month in Europe. But still, time to play on. This week we've got myself, Ewan, and Stretty News editor Dale O'Donnell talking after Arsenal before Rich Can joins me to chat Wolves in Europe. Enjoy. <laughs> Dale, Hastrix. Thanks for having me. Yeah, not too bad. Look, considering what we've seen since December, um, it can't be too downbeat. No, that's true. Should we start off with some positivity? How much did you enjoy Wednesday night? Oh, look, I, I, I think on Friday or Saturday, my nerves still weren't right from that VAR incident. You know, you're still waiting, waiting, waiting. You can see in the replay, there's actually a good chance he's going to give this, but you still don't believe in just the anticipation. The whole lot, it all just um, was a perfect ending. I think Solskjaer just sees, you can see, it's not just what he was to the club, it's a lot more to him as a football manager, and it's just fantastic. Yeah, I mean, it's not just down to him being a wonderful figurehead and an icon at United, really, is it? You know, no. we've been speaking about this quite a bit for the last several weeks, but he's got a lot more tactical acumen than I think a lot of us actually gave him credit for. You yeah. know, the changes in-game, you know, Eric Barley very bravely sacrificing himself for the course, <laughs> maybe getting himself injured, I've no idea, but him coming off really helped us and that made us look a lot more sturdy. And he went for it, you know, I, I don't think you can really take anything away from it. And, and I think in particular, you know, the likes of Tuchel and several PSG players seem to be very bitter about the situation. You know, Julien Laurence as well was talking a lot um, post-match, uh, French journalist working for the BBC saying that, you know, it was more that PSG lost it, which I think did United a bit of a disservice, really, didn't it? And, you know, we didn't have a lot of time to talk about the post-match reaction. And maybe we'll come back to that in a little while after we sort of delved into the nitty-gritty of the Arsenal game. But yeah, I, I don't think anything's really taken the sheen off what we achieved in midweek. But yeah, let's get started with this Arsenal game. So a couple of decent, you know, parts of uh, positivity coming into the game. Matic coming back into the side, Martial on the bench... It looked like we freshened things up a little bit. Obviously, Pogba coming back into the side, having been suspended. But we didn't start off too well and went down to a pretty bad goal from Granite Xhaka, on our perspective anyway. What was your sort of reading in that first sort of 20 minutes or so? I just thought we were too passive. Showed Arsenal too much respect. You know, in, in the open few games in our soul chart, there was this build-up of excitement and we were pressing really hard and there was lots and lots of aggression. And I think... It was a matter of cobwebs today. Um, uh, they will, there wasn't too much of a concern. I think this would have a knock-on effect, but I didn't see that aggression. I didn't see that want and the fight for every second ball. And when you think of Arsenal and people slam them with a weak mentality, if you haven't got that aggression to scare them, they're playing into their hands a small bit. Yeah, I mean, how much do you think the game against PSG had a knock-on effect on trying to get a result today? It depends what way you look at it. Solskjaer had a bunch of players come back from injury and key players, Matic and, and Pogba come back from suspension and so on. And on the back of Wednesday night, you would have thought McTominay and Fred starting played okay. The momentum was behind them. Um, now, I'm not saying that I would have started those players ahead of Matic and that, but maybe that's one way it could have had a knock-on effect that those players were still in real high spirits, you know, but you would have thought the lads coming back Wouldn't buzz to get in with the action. Yeah, sure. I mean, Matic and Pogba were probably two of our more disappointing performers, unfortunately. You know, Pogba, you would have thought, would have been champing at the bit to get back into the side, considering that he was suspended on Wednesday night. But again, he had one of those games where if he gets an excellent assist or a brilliant cross in that first half, then his confidence grows and he grows into that game, really, doesn't he? He didn't really have that big moment. And he really struggled to assert himself. And maybe that was part of the, the fact that Fred was in the midfield as opposed to Herrera. So Pogba couldn't push up as much. And I think, you know, it, also different elements in terms of the way we were playing. You look at the way our attack was focusing, you know, Rashford, bless him, who's played a lot of football. You know, he mm. chucked himself into the lineup, having been, you know, arguably quite weak against Liverpool because of that injury because we couldn't really afford to take off another player because we didn't have another substitution to make but you know in particular today I don't think anything he really tried was working you know every time we ran forward and we were swarming forward he'd pick out the wrong pass or he didn't get enough power on his pass you know it was just small things like that and I think that all sort of colluded to just take us down that sort of 5-10% in terms of effort that we really needed in order to actually get a result today 
But, you know, even that is not necessarily the end of the world, really, is it? To have lost today is by no means a disaster in context, is it? No, it's not. Like, you need to put these things into perspective. You can't be just totally knee-jerk. The trip we've been on since mid-December, the Solskjaer and the results we pulled off, that no one expected us to. You know, this team was so inconsistent. Th- these results and performances were, were regular. Well, I'll talk about the performance a bit later, but the, the, these results were regular and we, we had no sense of, of runs or consistency. We have that now on the, on the, on the Solskjaer and in the past few months, but I, ha- I didn't see anything today throughout the whole game that would concern me going into next week's FA Cup clash against Wolves. I, I don't think it's going to have a drift effect on us but we do have some big big games coming up and look you need to make the most of, of this little period we have now especially when Spurs are losing no exactly I mean I think you know if you look at the the Premier League table this evening what is it still two points off Arsenal who are in fourth three points off Spurs yeah. who are in third and whilst we're not playing because we're in the FA Cup you would imagine that Spurs are going to do very, very well to get anything off Liverpool at the minute. So, especially with the way things are going for them. Lost to Burnley, uh, what is it? Lost to Chelsea, draw against Arsenal, and then a really shoddy loss to Southampton, who are actually playing some quite decent football, which we can attest to. I mean, played them the previous weekend. But looking at the teams around us at the minute, it's all very finely poised, and I don't think this is the death knell for our top four, but I think you're right in the sense that there are a lot of big games still to come now. You know, I haven't come down from the buzz of the fact that United are in the quarterfinals of the Champions League because it's been so long since we've been there. What yeah. is it, 2014, the last time we were there under Moyes? It's been a long, long time since we've had anything, any sort of European football of this calibre to look forward to as the season nears its business end. So that's excellent. But yeah, we do now have to start thinking about in particular for today, how injuries have really impacted us. And you look back to ways in which similar games to these have panned out. So you think back to Spurs away, Arsenal away in the cup, and Chelsea away in the cup. You know, those were ultimately, in terms of the scoreline, we didn't blow any team away, but the difference was in those three games, we took the lead and then we built on that. And in Chelsea, we basically shut them out and tried to hit them on the break. With Arsenal, that's all we did, basically contain a counter and it worked superbly. And with Spurs, we kind of rode our luck a little bit by letting De Gea save, what, 72 shots and we got away with it. Today, I think it was down to those fine margins, really, wasn't it? You know, it was a poor goal for De Gea concede. And then, you know, despite the fact that we had some very presentable chances and Lukaku spurned a couple of them and on a better day, you could have seen at least one of those going in. We just didn't have that little effort to really get ourselves over the line and drag ourselves back into the game, really, did we? I think that's it exactly. You have to put it down to fine margins today against Arsenal because... And, and soldiers always said that, that a lot of games come come down come down to this. We had the two efforts. They got a very soft penalty decision. You know, so many things like that happened throughout the game. Uh, did they hear a mistake? How rare does he make a mistake? And uh, fundamentally, that's how the game was won and lost. Um, I I don't I don't think Arsenal were way better than United. And there, no. there was a, there was a period in the second half prior to the the penalty. That we were showing sheer domination, you know, it, you know, Arsenal were kind of sitting back a bit. We were putting the pressure on, um, and then they got that lucky decision, which uh, I'm sure we get onto it. But uh, I don't think it's a penalty. Now, I mean, what's your reading on the Xhaka goal? Having mm. seen several replays of it so far, I'm sure. What was your take on that? Do you think De Gea has just done himself over with the way that shot's curved and he's committed too early? What was your view on it? I think it's a funny one because I agree with Gary Neville that he takes a gamble by taking a big step to the left before truly knowing the flight of the ball when it gets too close to him. But then again, when you watch the the direction of the ball and how late it changes, I, I'm not sure I'm putting it down to as big of a hell that people are making it out to be. Look, this is a top, top goalkeeper and he's bound to have a mistake at some point, but I don't think it's as big as people are making it out to be. I think, look, the flight of the ball was very misfortunate for the hair. Um, the wind could have a factor with that, according to Klopp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm really conscious about mentioning the win just because that's a very scouse thing yeah, to say. Yeah, convenient. But yeah, I mean, that sort of put us on the back foot. And United have done very well, I think, with uh, coming back from losing positions in the league. What is it? 14 points gained from losing positions. And we did that last weekend against Southampton. Difference was we couldn't quite find the way through. But uh, And again, you know, as we mentioned, a couple of people coming back into the side didn't have their best games. You know, Pogba was really quiet. Matic just got swarmed upon and he had one of those games where... He didn't protect the ball very well when he was in possession. But, you know, I think the best midfield 
performer by far today was Fred. You know, I saw him taking a fair bit of criticism. So what was your sort of take on his performance this evening? It's still, still a lot to convince me on, on Fred, but com- com- compared to some of his, um, the majority of his performances, it was no- nowhere near as bad. Um, I could probably take more positives. <laughs> it was nowhere near as bad as most of his performances. I could probably take wow. more positives from his performance today than negatives. So it's a yeah. step forward, I guess. But he didn't set the world alight. If, if we're talking about a, a really good performance from Fred today, Surely we'll be talking about a midfielder today that stood up and grabbed the game by the scruff of his neck and, and made a difference. And he didn't do that. So look, yeah, I'll take more positives than negatives from it, but I wouldn't be calling it a standout performance or a really one that we want to look back on when we think of Fred years ago. I hope he does better than this. Yeah, I mean, but is is it necessarily Fred's role to grab the game by the scruff of the neck, though? Is that his position in the side? Is that his responsibility? I, I think what, what I mean more is maybe not just grabbing the game with a scruff of the neck, but but doing something to change a game. He looks to me, he, he's a busy player. He looks like he could be creative, but he didn't He didn't unlock Arsenal. So if you're talking after a game about a player that stands out and you're talking about a midfielder, you'd be expecting to talk, reflecting on something special he did. And there wasn't quite enough of that to say, well, Fred, Fred's on the, the step forward and he could be have future at United. I think this jury is still very much out on him. Yeah, I mean, I think today, and in particular on Wednesday, what's really stood out for me is his ability to wing the ball back and get us going. And I think he actually did that very well. And I think also when Arsenal were 2-0 up and sort of coasting towards victory, getting back to stop that, what was essentially a 2-0 chance with De Gea, you know, and them both bearing down on goal, he did well to get back. And, you know, what you're always going to get over perhaps Herrera and Matic is a bit more energy. You know, he will bustle about a little bit more. He will win the ball back and he's not desperate to get involved in attacks. You know, he's happy to allow the likes of Pogba or Pereira to actually do that for him. And, yeah. you know, he, again, fine margins, you know, he hit the post and maybe on a different day that hits the post or bounces off Leno and goes into the back of the net or that shot actually just goes straight in. You know, it was very close and it was very well struck too. And it was one of several sort of good opportunities that we really carved out where we really just made Arsenal's defence look very, very average. And again, that's the only real frustration is that when we did get forward, especially up until that second goal, up until the penalty, it seemed like we could create something, we could make something happen. It's just that either the final ball or the final shot or header just really wasn't there today. No, look, clearly lacking in that, that cutting edge. But but just, just just one thing as well, the months gone by on the Mourinho, it was regularly said by as an excuse by him that we weren't clinical enough. And I think what angered people by when he said that was, we weren't creating enough chances. Yes, my one or two might, might have come to the cat when he might have missed them, but now we're seeing, even today, they weren't clinical enough, but there was chances being created. So for me, that's definitely a step forward, and that's definitely a positive. But at least I'm seeing United approach games right away to create chances. And there will be weeks where Lukaku and, and Rashford won't be clinical. That's the case for the very best of centre-forwards. But most weeks, up until now, they're scoring goals. They're winning games for United and we're creating chances. Again, I wouldn't worry too much about it and I wouldn't look at it too dampened on it. No, I mean, Lukaku's got, yeah, six goals in three games. Yeah. And I'd say a good half of those, he either was lucky to score as a result of a mistake or he scored a goal out of nothing. Like the second goal against Southampton, he probably doesn't have much right to score that because he's not even taken a touch and he's fired it in with his right foot from outside the area. Mm. You know, he scored goals from nothing. He scored easier goals. You know, I, I, ironically, the chances that he had today were probably easier than half the goals he scored in the last couple of weeks. So fair play to him. Before this spell with Lukaku, I did fear that he probably wouldn't have a future at United because there was so, so much celebrated to fit the system under Solskjaer and it was clear that he preferred Rashford from, from the start. But you can see the improvement even in his physique since Soldier's come in. His work ethic, he looks fitter. He looks easy. His all-round game in the past two, two three weeks has been better. Yeah, for sure. Uh, he, he looks up for games. He was definitely up for it today. He was getting into good positions, making the right runs. So, so look, if, if it's one week or, or even two weeks that he missed a few chances, and he did miss quite a few today, okay, but can he score the other few weeks? And if he does, good on Ali. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think a lot's made of Lukaku's ability to fit into the side. And as I think, you know, Rich and I have spoken about this previously, we were talking about how well he sort of slotted in to a certain extent against Arsenal playing wide right. 
And then you look at the game against Liverpool, where his hold-up play was generally pretty rubbish, but he was also a part of our two good opportunities in that game. You know, threading it through to Lingard when it was saved by Allison, and then chucking that ball right across the six-yard box, and then Smalling completely fluffed his lines and didn't get anything on it. And I think the difference with the last couple of games is that he's been playing as a part of a front two with Rashford. And I think, ultimately, that's just much more natural for him, really, isn't it? You know, it means that he doesn't have to worry too much about getting the ball too early on the flank and trying to create something and make something happen. He is basically there to have something happen to him, if that makes sense. You know, it's a lot easier for him in that position. Well, it should be because if he's on his own, he, he's expected to do all the running. Um, and with Rashford, who covers quite a lot of ground, it, it's, it should definitely help Lukaku. But, but, but saying that, while I, while I agree with you, it hasn't always been the case for Lukaku because throughout his whole career, he's played up front on his own and, it made me think today, maybe this might suit him better when he becomes more familiar with playing with Rashford and if they can strike up a good, a good good partnership. Yeah, it could well work. I mean, the de facto front three was Martial, Lingard and Rashford. So once two-thirds of that got injured in the PSG first leg, you know, uh, Solskjaer was always going to have to try something new. And I think this has actually worked quite well. I think, again, you know, I think we're trying to keep the result in context, but I think... If you look at the way several games have gone in the last few weeks, we haven't really blown anyone away. You know, I don't think we were lucky against Southampton, but there's a way in which we lose that game maybe five times out of ten <clears throat> without a little bit of luck and a little bit of quality towards the end of the game that gets us from 2-2 to 3-2. So, you know, in a game like today where we went down to a bit of a freakish first goal, didn't really have our shooting boots on and we're still trying and still working hard it just doesn't come off you know compare that with Wednesday night PSG had several chances to score goals you know Mbappe going one-on-one late on in the game very simply put on a different day PSG scored two or three more goals than they did on Wednesday night and they go through and we don't so again it is fine margins you know it is all about how you keep yourself in the game and we did a good job of keeping ourselves in it until that penalty now I missed that because I was eating tea with the kids and my partner. So I didn't see the actual penalty incident itself. So you'll have to run through this for me. Everything I've heard is that it was a very soft penalty. So what's your take on it? I thought it was extremely soft. Um, Fred doesn't get himself into a good position. Um, And for the referee, when a player goes over in that position, you're definitely going to give it a a second thought. But that that doesn't warrant the penalty. You know, it, it needs to be, as you said, finer margins than that. But the biggest blow was United were dominating just before this. And it was a hope of a comeback. And that just totally killed it for United. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, I think it might be a little bit rich for us to be talking about contentious penalty decisions given against us after the last week we've had. But there we go. I mean, yeah, it was a tricky one, wasn't it? You know, at 2-0 down, that did kind of stem the tide. And we sort of lost a little bit of spring in our step. Because, uh, to be fair, had the game stayed at 1-0 going into the closing stages, I would have fancied us to get a, a goal back. And I would really have thought we could actually get something out of this game. But wasn't to be. And again, I guess, taking it in context, I know I'm trying to put such a positive spin on this, but considering what we've seen the last couple of weeks, and considering how well we've dealt with having so many players out injured, and, you know, regularly having to call upon the likes of, you know, Chong and Greenwood when we need a bit more strength up front because our numbers are so depleted, I think we've coped with it pretty well. And I think today, whilst there's definitely a way in which you can say it was coming, at least we didn't get blown away. We still arguably deserve to get something from that game. So, you know, we haven't really spoken about the tangible change at United since Solskjaer took over. So what's impressed you the most since Solskjaer took the job? I think something that I really felt Wednesday night and after the game and just the whole feeling, there was a sense that the United of all was back. Yeah. And, and that was the kind of pinnacle for me. After the game, I just sat there and it took, took me a while to scratch blood. Really, really hyper. It's like a child on Christmas Christmas Day. Uh, <laughs> you, you see, you see Fergie there back, and, and David Gill traveling with, with 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 the team over to France and being part of the, the dressing room celebrations, and everyone's smiling. The, the other thing too, it to add to this is for the past few years, Paul Scholes and a few of the pundits have been criticised by some United fans for being bitter towards the club because clearly they didn't agree with the managers and players or the football being played, and they weren't happy or entertained. Look at the difference now. Look at all the class that they do going to games, smiling, celebrating with, with Pogba, watching games with players. To be honest, I put that down to two men. Um, so is Sharon Mike Feeling. Here we go then, Rich. Post-Wolves. Um, a tricky night on Saturday night. 
don't really think anyone who supports United really enjoyed that. And that is arguably the first major, major setback of the Solskjaer era. Uh, I know you are not happy. How do you feel 24 hours after the result? I'm still not happy. There's what Solskjaer's done since he's come to United has been absolutely remarkable from where we were. And if you look at the games that we've had and the games that we've won, to, to have won away against Chelsea, Arsenal, Spurs and PSG is is ridiculous from where he was. But I said, I think I said after the, after the Wolves game that I've never been completely on board with giving him the job now just because United having a difficult spell was almost inevitable. If you think about the effort we've put into that run of games and given the injuries we've had, you know, just the, just the sheer emotional and physical energy we had to put into the PSG game and to, and to come through that and the relief and the joy you must have felt after that is very, very difficult, I think, to continue at the same at a really high level after that and, and we had really, two really tricky games with Arsenal who were really good at home and then and then Wolves who are obviously a really dangerous team and we've hit that buffer that we knew we'd hit and this is kind of like the final test for Solskjaer from here and I'm slightly concerned about how we set up tactically we're too easy to play against when a team sits deep and counters against us which is why we've generally been better away from home mm. than we have at home and I don't think <clears throat> Solskjaer always reacts um, and make, makes changes quickly enough in some games. So, so the, the test for him now, the real test as to whether he should be, get, be getting the job in May or not. Can he experience this slump and and get us out of it, out of it, and back on course again? Because otherwise, it just looks like it just looks like a honeymoon, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, to be fair, honeymoons don't typically last this long. I guess is the <laughs> no a, rem- a remarkable honeymoon. Yeah, it's, it's been pretty magnificent. Let's be quite frank about it. I mean, the last time yeah. we were speaking, we were still yeah. on the come down from PSG. And that was a remarkable night's work. Mm. But yeah, last night was anything but. And I think you're right. I think it's it's a typical problem that United have had over the last several years, isn't it? And Solskjaer needs to find his own answer to it, which is when teams are happy to sit off us, what do we do to break them down? You know, uh, Frequently at home, we haven't had too much trouble, but we haven't looked as convincing as we have away from home. And even going back to the Arsenal game, we were, in terms of chances, we had more to offer than Arsenal did. But last mm. night it was just it was flat all over the park you know i think there were elements where solskjaer might have made a couple of wrong decisions in his starting lineup but then he tends to fix things and one of the best parts of his management so far is how reactive he's been you know something's not worked typically he's changed it yesterday that was not the case you know i think for up, up until mm. that first goal you could sort of see that the match was swinging one way wolves were happy to let us have a lot of the early possession yesterday and we didn't really create much with that. You know, we weren't particularly incisive. The ball was often very slow. Once Wolves got settled back with 10, 11 players behind the ball and we're just happy to sit and break, it gave us a real problem. And it's not one that we really overcame at all. You know, and I think it was, especially that Jimenez goal, you could see that coming from a mile off. You know, we didn't clear our lines. We were sloppy. We weren't focused. And, you know, it, it's so cliche to say but Wolves clearly just wanted it more than we did and I'm not suggesting for a second that the team that Solskjaer put out didn't want to go through to semi-finals the FA Cup because that would just be mad but it felt like we hit a wall yesterday and we didn't really have any ideas Mm. as to how to get over it around it or through it we just kept banging our head against it in the hope that we might carve out a chance I mean it, it wasn't absolutely abysmal don't get me wrong but it's one of those games where an early goal I think settles us and allows us a little bit more comfort and I think this kind of result has been due for a little while, really, hasn't it? You know, you look at some of the other games we played, you know, maybe Palace, maybe Southampton, relatively tight games decided by us being able to exploit the space. Yesterday, there was none. No, well, I mean, again, if you look at the, look at the games that we've... Those games against Chelsea, against Arsenal, PSG and uh, Spurs, we excelled in those games to a degree because we were playing against teams who, who came out and, and attacked us and left the space for, for our quick forwards to exploit and again the league game at Arsenal that we lost you know if we'd taken our chances we win that game it was a really really strange game I think we were the better team and in the battle of the XG which seems to be really important now we were comfortable winners I don't have a concern with this in that respect but we lined up in the way we usually chosen to line up against teams who come out and have a go and we face a team who don't do that they never do that Wolves generally been a counter-attacking team all season it's very difficult to press high and press in midfield if they're just bypassing the midfield with quick balls forward to, to Yotta and, and Jimenez you had guys like Martial and 
Rashford and, and Lingard particularly, who's really good at finding space in sort of in defences that are a bit spread out. There was no space for them to operate in, and so we didn't have an outlet. And when you've got been a lot of talk about Matic, who in in games like that he just doesn't move the ball quickly enough. He doesn't move the ball positively. Well, he enough. doesn't move quickly enough. Well, no, and he he physically doesn't move quickly enough as well. And I, and I think there's lots of other things, like you say. I think we, we were we were certainly tired. I think probably we've hit a point where we we're emotionally and physically tired. You had four of the front six who had just come back or were a, into their second game, having come back from injury. So you wouldn't expect them to be entirely game sharp either. I think it was just a, a combination of things, plus the tactical mistake or mistakes that I think we made in that game that just meant the Wolves had had too much for us on the day. Yeah, I mean, one of the arguments that people were putting out on Twitter, and I think there's some sort of truth to this, was that perhaps we rushed a couple of players back to try and get that stronger starting eleven back. You know, that pretty much, maybe yeah. apart from Dallo, maybe bringing in for Young is the team that most of us would suggest at the minute in terms of the way it's played and how coherent it's been would be our strongest lineup. What do you say to the notion that perhaps Solskjaer rushed a couple of players back too prematurely? I guess we won't know for sure. We'll never know for sure because we don't know we don't know what condition they're in. We're not we're not privy to those reports. But certainly I think if you're reintroducing three players, uh three important players all at once, then you leave yourself open to the potential for them not to be sharp and not to be up to the speed of the game mm. and I think to a degree that's what happened Martial and Lingard struggled Herrera just wasn't himself you know he set really really high standards in the last however many months four months since since Solskjaer came in aside from the time he was injured and he just wasn't that level either and I think that's just that's one of the things that that, that combined to create such a dismal performance I think yeah I mean I think the other element of it and we've had several years of people you know basically lobbing criticism at any sort of footballing body you could think in terms of United getting easy draws apart from Reading in the third round this year we have had horrid draws and to be fair the Champions League group stages Juventus I mean not an easy game at all and Valencia not necessarily this game either but a group you would have thought even under Mourinho we should have gotten through and that's fair enough uh, Reading in the third round, we didn't make, necessarily make, you know, we made slightly heavy weather of it, but we got through. Arsenal away, Chelsea away, and then Wolves away, and then PSG, and then Barcelona in the Champions League. United are getting nothing apart from Reading this year in terms no, of our draws. They've no. been filthy. And I guess the disappointment was is that we did pretty well against Arsenal and Chelsea at grounds that we have struggled at over the years. You know, I guess obviously Stamford Bridge more so than the Emirates, but still. To have gone away to Molyneux yesterday and struggled so deeply to try and find anything. And to realistically, apart from maybe that one rush of chance towards the start of uh, the second half, to have only really carved out one really decent shot, which Rashford scored from, and only really been incisive and played good football, right at the death, where there was literally no time left to grab a second. That was a disappointing thing, really, wasn't it? You know, I I don't think any many United fans that I saw weren't taking that game for granted. But I think it was reasonable to expect a high level of performance yesterday. And that was a disappointing thing. One game away from Wembley, one game away from, you know, a showpiece occasion. And we've been not necessarily star, but those have been relatively few and far between over the last five, six years. So to have fallen at this hurdle, having had such nasty draws and played some great football under Solskjaer, to see it sort of buckle under that in that circumstance was really disappointing. You know, I guess it's it's one of those things, though, where I feel like we do have to keep things in context. You know, as you said, we've at the end of a very, very good run. And I think you and I were both guilty of it. Maybe you a little bit more than me, but then this is often the case of perhaps yeah. being a bit too heavy-handed with the criticism. But I think it was just that sort of disappointment of seeing us fail so abjectly because it really was a pretty cack performance, wasn't it? No, it was you know there, there are so many mitigating factors like we said you know the 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 number of injuries we've had has been incredible i think that's been a consequence of almost certainly of the immediate sort of overnight increase in in demands in terms of in terms of running in terms of effort yeah i mean the workload's changed exponentially hasn't it it has and if you if you haven't prepared those players condition condition wise for that degree of effort or not, not if effort makes it sound like they were trying you know, you know what I mean that to, to expect them to, to implement a tactical framework which asks a lot more of them physically than we were being asked to do before 
then the whole point of pre-season particularly is, one, one is to obviously work on tactical shape and things, but it's to work on conditioning to get your, get the players to the point where they, they can carry the load that you're expecting them to, to carry. And obviously Solskjaer hasn't had that. And the, the obvious consequence of that has been an awful lot of muscle injuries. I was I was counting yesterday just to see the spread of games. We've had three three more away games than we've had home games since Solskjaer came in. And of the really really big games that we've that we've had, we've had Liverpool and PSG at home. Like you say, Arsenal, Chelsea, Spurs, Arsenal again, PSG, and now Wolves away. It's been an absolutely insane run of games with a squad that's basically falling apart. I was saying to one of my friends, well, my friend was saying to me the other day that that he. We thought it was absolutely incredible that we got through PSG, Palace, and Southampton with the number of injuries we had, and to, you know to have actually got through and won those three games, given the, the players that were available, was absolutely remarkable. And it was, and I, I just think we've hit a point where we've played so many big games, so many really tough games, and then to have to have PSG, Arsenal, and Wolves away in succession has just been a just been a, a you know two two games too far really yeah i mean i asked dale a little bit about this after we played arsenal last weekend how much do you think the emotional factor has sort of come into play with these last two games because you know admittedly this the level of performance hasn't quite been up there and concentration hasn't quite been up there with what we had seen over the last several months for the most part how much do you think that second leg um had an effect on what we've seen in the last week well it must have done mustn't it i mean if you imagine i mean i I think i said after the game that that's probably in my mind, one of the three or four most, given the context and given given everything about it, the importance of the game, one of the three or four most amazing wins or victories in 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 all the time I've been watching United in whatever thirty five years of watching watching United mm. to have achieved that with the players we did in the way we did to have achieved something that's not been achieved in one hundred and six attempts in the European Cup is absolutely remarkable to have done it there and. Those players must have come away from that, and they, the, the the initial buzz will have been absolutely incredible. But after it, they must have been exhausted. There must have just been an exhaustion. That it, it's natural, isn't it? Any incredible achievement like that, you have you have the buzz afterwards, and then you it just hits you. I think to a degree, the Arsenal game was was the beginning of that. Although we still look fresh, and I think we got to the point at Wolves where it just has has really hit home, and particularly the fact that. Although we tried to bring a few of the injured guys back, we're not. We've not been rotating key players. I mean, a lot of people have pointed to Marcus Rashford. He's he's. I think he's played every single game since, almost every single. Apart from the Reading Reading Cup game at home, I think he's played every single game since since Oli came in. Generally, because he's had to, because mm. there's there's not been anybody else. And since the Liverpool game, when he got that knock on his ankle, he just looks. He, he looks knackered. He's not on it. He's he's been really quite poor. And and I mean he's just one, you know. People like Lindelof, obviously Pogba's been having to play almost every week. You know, Smalling's been flogged now. Shaw is another one who didn't look sharp at, at Wolves, who who has had to play every game because there isn't anybody else. I think it's just it's just taken a, a huge toll on on some of the players, and and we've we've kind of just hit that wall now. And there's two ways this can go. We've now got two weeks off. They've got an international break. Hopefully, one or two of them won't who who've been injured won't be sort of rushed into international duty if at all possible. Although, given their competitive games, that's quite unlikely. But no, well, there's reports today that Martial and Lindelof are both not going to be involved in the international break, which is great news for us. Yeah, that's really important. I mean, just two <clears throat> two weeks off just to just to get their minds right to perhaps spend some time doing some tactical work, getting the fitness back to where it needs to be is is a really important thing. Um, I don't. I wouldn't necessarily expect Shaw to play both games for England. Um, obviously, Chris Morley won't be playing for England. Has Phil Jones been named in the England squad? He doesn't start anyway. So no, no, just Rashford and Shaw in the England squad. I mean, obviously, Dallow won't be away. Ashley Young hasn't gone away with England. Um, I presume Matic will be. Obviously, Pogba will be. We've got a few there who will really get the chance to have a rest, and then we may hopefully get one or two one or two others back to fitness. I mean we really have we haven't got anybody absolutely essential injured anymore. I'm hoping Lukaku's perhaps Lukaku's injury could could do with being once just enough to keep him out of Belgium duty, but not enough to keep him out of United games after it. I believe that's the case, yeah. So most of the squad, I think, most of that core starting eleven, the majority of it won't be playing over the next couple of weeks. You know, so that, yeah. that that's positive at least because this is absolutely. really now 
there is there basically are no more big gaps between the end of the season. This is it. Once we come back in two weeks' time, this is the team we've got between now and the end of the season. And it's going to be vital, isn't it? You know, I think before we go on to looking at how the next couple of weeks might shape out, you know, a couple of words. Number one on Wolves, who were, you know, you've got to set your hats off to them. They were excellent yesterday. They mm-hmm. played to the occasion. They had a perfect game plan. Nuno had them very, very well drilled. And that first goal was coming. You could see it. You know, we were kept in that game through large part thanks to how good our number two is. Another great performance by Sergio Romero. And he probably didn't deserve to be on the losing team yesterday. He was superb. That one save from the header was was <clears throat> De Gea-esque, wasn't it? I think oh, yeah. If, I think it was... Was it, was it him and his header? I can't remember who. But um, the, the reaction time for that, you know, if De Gea had done that, there would be bodily fluids all over social media. Mm-hmm. It was an absolutely exceptional save. It's a real shame, actually, that, 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 that when when Wolves scored the first goal, when Jimenez scored the first goal, it almost looked like we'd, we'd cleared the danger. And he just got his shot away, and it went through um, defenders' legs. And so Romero was obviously unsighted until it was too late. It was like a, it was kind of like a, a scruffy goal after we'd after he'd repelled the the really sort of classy attempts on goal they'd had. Yeah, it was just a, such a shame for him because. You know, he's been excellent in this cup run. You yeah. know, great saves at Arsenal. Didn't have too much to do against Chelsea, but, you know, he was very reliable for the first 70 minutes of that game. You know, nothing was really getting by him. And, you know, we're very lucky to have a a, a keeper of his calibre at number two. You know, surely it can't keep on going on like this forever. You know, maybe at the end of this season, he'll start thinking, well, maybe I can be number one somewhere else because, you know, this plenty of teams across the continent at the minute that you could realistically walk into maybe not necessarily top four but at least top 10 in most of the major leagues across the continent but yeah it was just a shame that you know especially for the Jimenez goal we didn't necessarily clear our lines and then that poor corner routine or just a poor bit of pressure we didn't get the ball up into the box Luke Shaw just got completely barged off by Jota and uh, I've got some sympathy for Moreiro for that goal. I think Joss has just hit it far too quickly for him. But, you know, considering it was at his near post, you would have expected him to get a little bit more on the ball. But still, you know, that would do Wolves a disservice. And to be quite frank, 2-0 was more than a good enough scoreline for them. They were well worth it. You know, and it was nice to at least get a goal back, but it just came far, far, far too late. And, you know, it is disappointing considering that realistically the FA Cup was our most likely route towards any sort of cup glory this season and considering where we were back in December it would have been wonderful to have gone through this season with something tangible and a trophy to show for it and you know it now I guess the one positive you can take from the whole situation because it's gutting not to be able to go to Wembley despite the fact that on the basis of yesterday's performance we didn't deserve it at least now we've got a little bit more time to concentrate on the top four and segue 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 a quarterfinal Champions League tie with Barcelona I told you I told you it was coming you did. The odds were in the, in, in favour of us getting an extre- extremely difficult draw. I mean, I, th- I guess from our perspective, it doesn't really matter because aside aside from Porto, possibly Ajax, and I think I'm maybe stretching a bit there, but we were going to be underdogs in whichever tie we faced. I think. I don't know. I reckon if we got drawn against Spurs, I would have possibly. Yeah, yeah. that could have been that could, that could have been close. I hate. I absolutely despise playing other English teams in. Um, European competition. Now, see, I'm completely different, mate. I mean, I, if if we'd drawn City or Spurs or Liverpool, I would have been well up for it. You know, there, there are practical elements to consider. Basically, we've got no travel to worry about. We know the teams we're playing, and yeah, it might be a little bit different as opposed to going to play Juventus or Barcelona or Bayern or whoever. But no, I mean, especially with the way that United, so Solskjaer's got United playing in the last several months, I would have been more than happy to have gone to Liverpool or City. <laughs> Completely the opposite. I, the Liverpool United Europa League tie, just horrible, horrible. Every game where United play Liverpool is just horrible for me. I, it's something to be endured, and then if you win, it's amazing, and you can revel in it for for a long time. But the actual experience of the games are just 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 horrible. I'd much rather us play a Barcelona. I mean, I'd much rather we played Porto. To be <laughs> I'm, honest, I'm sorry, you'd much rather play Barcelona. I'd much rather play. I'd much rather play Barcelona than Liverpool or or City. I mean. There's always an outside chance, but I don't think we were ever really likely to win the thing. Let's just go and have a go at the best there is and see what we can do. And you never know. I, I don't think this this Barcelona team isn't... It's still a great team, but it's not the, the team that the Guardiola peak team is still... It's 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 increasingly Messi-reliant. It is susceptible. I mean, watching the... I watched 
the second most of the second half of the the Barca Leon game of the night. And once Leon got their goal, Barcelona were wobbling for about twenty minutes, twenty five minutes, mm. and ultimately they scored the third, and and Leon, you know, caved and, and and they got two more. But for that that twenty odd minutes, and and for most of that half actually, because Leon were really on top, that Barcelona were wobbling. I don't think they're completely impregnable. I think it would be, it would be another level of insane Oli magic if we got through that tie. But I I like to think that we can give them a go. Yeah, I mean, this is the one tie I did not want. Last time we played them in the knockout tie, yes, we won, but barely. <laughs> we were hanging on for a large chunk of that game after that skulls volley. Um, and it just, it was deeply uncomfortable. And the finals in 2009, 2011 still haunt me to this day. So, and, and the fact of coming up against uh, a messy led Barcelona, yes, you're completely correct in the sense that this midfield is not what it used to be. This team, to the most part, is not what it used to be. But at the moment, at the, at the time of recording, they're still top of the league with some distance. You know, they're playing Betis tonight, so that might change to a certain degree. But they're most likely going to win the league this season. And you mentioned there that at 2-1, once Leon got their goal, I didn't see it myself, but you know, you said they exerted some pressure. That's great. They still won that game 5-1. I would say our defence against it is better than Leon's, but at the same stage, the massive problem playing a team that does have its weakness is just how easily can you be exploited by the magic that is in that side. You know, you've got Dembele, you've got Suarez, who's short of a wonderful, wonderful reception when he returns to Old Trafford. But still, it's just it, it's so difficult to look past Messi. I don't necessarily think United can also come up with too much of a plan, can they? I mean, how do you keep out the best player in world football? I think you look look at Ander Herrera and say, "Shit house your your life away." I mean, you can't, you can't. But you know, saying saying, "Well, Barca won that game five one. They, they won that game five one because essentially Leon had chucked everything at Barcelona and were just they were hit on the break. And obviously at three one, it was over and they just dropped off. You know, if you drop ten or twenty percent, and Barcelona are going to pump you. But for the, the majority of that tie, they were at least they were in the game by the last fifteen minutes of that of that tie over two legs. So. Yeah. And if you go, I mean, go back to um, to Roma last year, Barca losing the, that second leg three nil. Roma weren't a great team last year; they were a very good team. But so United are a very good team in league terms. They weren't anything like the best team in Syria. Mm. They still turfed them, and that was with Iniesta. And they're not impregnable. The unfortunate thing, and you, you mentioned this the other day, is that because of the two Manchester ties were initially drawn to be on the same in the same order, home and away. That we they flipped ours, so we now play um, away second, which I think is a dis- is a disadvantage. Yeah, I mean, I'd much rather be playing at the, that camp now before we play to Old Trafford, just purely because, as you pointed out several times, and you're completely right. We have struggled when we played at home. You know, we don't play with that same sort of freedom as we do when we're away because we don't we deal much better when we haven't got the ball for large chunks of the game and we aren't dominating possession. But to be fair, looking at it from the other side of that, we're playing Barcelona. There's a good chance we're not going to be dominating possession in that first leg. No, we're not. But I think it's it's just the, the thing as well that if you play at home first, that it, there's never the same atmosphere as there is in a second leg if you've got something to chase. Mm. And, I, and I appreciate we did the job against PSG. So, I mean, it's not certainly not insurmountable. But if you say you go away to Barcelona, even if you lose a goal or 2-0 two, two or whatever, you lose the game. You come back and you you have a thrash there, and the crowd are up for it. The crowd are up for you having a real go at this team. Whereas the but the um, Liverpool Bayern game was a weird one because if you watch the first leg, you know Liverpool was moderately the better team, but it was just a really sort of muted atmosphere because because it was the first leg and and it was it was just the first part of this two part thing. Mm. Ultimately, Liverpool were too strong for Bayern, but the, the first legs are just weird when you're when you're at home first. Um, so I, that's that's annoying. I don't I don't know how they worked out which tie should be flipped and which shouldn't. Uh, well, basically, because I mean, the reason that you can't have two Manchester ties in the Champions League is because of security reasons. So they can't host two events like that in one week. And because City finished above us in the league table last year, uh, they right. get first dibs. So essentially, their tie was always going to be played away and then home, and then ours had right. to be changed to home away. I mean, it's crappy, but I understand the reasoning. You know, if United don't have enough secure, if sorry, if Manchester doesn't have enough policing to host those two events back to back, then fair enough. You know, there's not really much you can say about it. Um, I, I would hope, given the fact that 
you know, again, we're talking about very, very slight benefits. I'm sure you'd ask almost the entirety of our squad and fan base what they'd rather be doing in the days leading up to playing Barcelona. They'd rather be playing in the FA Cup semi-final, whoever it's against. Mm. But one of the advantages is that once we get back into league duty after this international break, home against Watford on the Saturday, and then three days after that, we're away at Molyneux again, which is going to be a very uncomfortable evening if we played like that again. But we then have an eight-day gap between playing Wolves and the first leg against Barcelona. That is of assistance to us. I think that could be quite an advantage just in the sense that we get a little bit more time to formulate the plan, to get prepared, to get fit. And you did point out that we did have a big gap, well, I say a weak gap between Arsenal and Wolves, and that really did not do us any favours at all. But at this stage of the season, to get that period, it could work against us in the sense that you sort of lose a little bit of the rhythm, you lose a bit of, lose a little bit of the flow from playing games every three to four days. And at this stage of the season maybe that's beneficial to actually have that consistency going up and then to have eight days between games can maybe knock us back a little bit. I'm choosing to look at it positively and regardless, I really hope that we will get a performance level similar to what we saw against PSG because, you know, it doesn't get any bigger than this. What an occasion it's going to be, you know. And I just hope that we do ourselves justice, you know, and I think we've seen what United can achieve when they're all on the same page, regardless of who's on the pitch in that second leg in Paris. If we can get anywhere near that level of performance, then I think we stand a good chance of giving Barcelona something to really think about. I don't necessarily think we're going to go through. And even if we do go through, chances are we're going to play Liverpool. And my heart rate is not ready for that semi-final tie. (laughs) Good grief. But this is what we're back in the Champions League for, isn't it? You know, we are back in the competition to play ties like this. And how many years have we been, you know, looking on enviously at other English clubs playing in the latter stage of the Champions League over the last five or six years? This is only the second time we've been in the quarterfinals of the Champions League since Ferguson retired. And the first time was against Bayern and we knew we were going to go out or Moyes was in charge. So, you know, I don't think we can look this occasion in the mouth. Yes, this is by far the team that I did not want to face more than any other. But, again, what an occasion. What's, what, a, what a thing to look forward to in a couple of weeks' time, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, definitely. I, I think, you know, I, I'm st- I think we're all still in that glow of the unusual experience of actually looking forward to watching United, which is something we've taken for granted for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, and as you say, we haven't... Being in the Champions League isn't something that we can take for granted either because we're not regular qualifiers at the moment and, you know, we might not even be in next year, which is pretty shitty prospect. But I think I'd, I think I'd feel a lot more relaxed about it if I knew we were going to be in it next year, but we don't. And, um, you know, I guess the odds are slightly against us at the moment, very narrowly against us, just in that we're not in in the box seat in that, that particular that particular race but um... well going back to that Chelsea lost today against Everton 2-0 which is certainly a felt because that was their game in hand over us so it's yeah. still very very crammed up you know we are still in fifth and you know game against Watford Wolves and after that West Ham at home Everton away yes they are sandwiched in between some nasty games against Barcelona but it's not until the end of April when we've got that derby at home against City that the fixtures start to get really, really ugly in the league. So there's that to consider. You know, it's not a filthy run-in. No, it's not great that we've got Barcelona in sandwich in the middle of a very important run for us because realistically, I think we need to get top four this season. I think it's just such a huge thing for whatever we hope to achieve next season if Solskjaer or someone else is in the box seat. But yeah, I mean, again, I still back Solskjaer to turn this... Well, it's not even a little blip, is it? The last two games have not been great. Bad results. I still back in to turn it around, or at least I still back in to get a reaction. And I think, as you pointed out as well, yes, this is the reason that Solskjaer didn't get the job earlier on this season. I still think he'll get it, but I think now this is, as you pointed out, the final test. How can we turn things around from a couple of really duff results out of the FA Cup? realistically the biggest thing we can achieve this season now is top four might not have been what we would have wanted to have done going into Mourinho's third season but in context I guess we'll just have to take it and considering where we were what an amazing thing to achieve should we actually manage it I mean if you look in if you look at um I I believe that in over the period that um Solskjaer's been manager United have even after the Arsenal defeat still got more points than any other Premier League club I think I think we're two ahead of City in that same period and and Liverpool are behind us having played a game more so you know that alone is an incredible achievement if you then 
then look at the the Champions League ties against PSG again. That's that's another incredible achievement. It's I, I think um, as, as as we said before, and someone someone was pointing out on, on Twitter last night as well, the fact that we've been so revived and the fact that we started achieving quite remarkable things and and, and playing better football it makes the blips harder to take because where there was no hope now there's hope well there's expectation as well there's expect there's expectation and there's also and you also you start to experience disappointment again because when everything when when you have no expectation of anything it's difficult to be disappointed because you didn't think anything was going to come anything good was going to happen anyway whereas now you know Solskjaer set an incredibly high standard and we've achieved results that have been absolutely exceptional as good as you know as good as anything during the the Ferguson era in in terms of over the period of games we've we've played his the record is ridiculous you know so we're back to just being incredibly disappointed and we're we're in a place where I really thought we could win the FA Cup this year even if we came across City and you have that suddenly have that hope that we can finish top four again whereas where before it was completely impossible so so the the, the slip-ups feel worse than they did before. I know you said you said just now that you think that Solskjaer will get the job anyway. I think it really matters what happens now. I think if he turns this around, if he gets us back on track, then the job's his. He's walked into it. Mm. If he can't, then it would be remiss of anybody in the club, the club who makes decisions, to not be thinking carefully about whether they were to appoint him or not. Because you know there's a reasonable period of time left before the end of the season. If an end comes to what appears to be an incredible and exaggerated honeymoon and then things drop off and he can't rectify them again to some degree, then you have to question whether he's the longer term um, hope for the club. I think he can. I hope he will. But I think this is the reason why we should never, ever have been making an appointment. And we shouldn't, we haven't made an appointment before, before May because... How do you know how good a guy is until he's actually had to face difficult times that he has to get the club out of? Sure. I mean, I guess the proof will be in the pudding of the next couple of weeks, won't it? And I think realistically, what's going to get in the job now is going to be top four finish. You know, I don't think he's going to be measured up of whether or not he can get past Barcelona. Having said that, if he managed it, <laughs> wow. But there we go. I guess we'll see how the next couple of weeks pan out, won't we, Rich? All right. Well, I guess we'll leave it there for tonight. Pleasure as always. Absolutely, my friend. Thank you very much. And guys, thank you very much, as always, for listening. Don't forget, you can get us all over Twitter and the internet. You can get Rich at at Rich Red Voices. You can get me at at Ewan Leonard and the pod at Red Voices MUFC. The blog at redvoices.net. And you can get the podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcast app and SoundCloud. So please hit us up. Have yourselves a superb couple of weeks off. We'll be back probably after that game against Wolves. Let's hope for a slightly more encouraging result and performance after last night. Cheerio. (laughs) 